ho, ho, hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. No, you're supposed to say, hey, Santa. Never mind, never mind. Actually, you know what? That would be really creepy, wouldn't it? Hey, Santa. Oh, gosh, what have I done? Um, but this is basically our Christmas episode, even though in hindsight, it's only going to be useful to anyone that's either traveling for Christmas or somehow doing something during Christmas time where they would have a podcast to listen to. I'm sure that's lots of people. Lots of people have a Christmas morning drive to grandparents yeah, or yeah. parents. But or... nobody's going to... Well, there might be some people like... Oh, I know. I took Christmas Eve off. So, But if you have to work Christmas Eve, then hopefully this will help put you in the mood for it. So, anyways... Or maybe you're restocking Target on Christmas Eve. Or... Oh, I feel bad for those people. Yeah, that's rough. Um, Let's pour one, pour one out for pour retail out workers. Onto your floor. Onto uh, my <laughs> gullet. <laughs> um, but yeah. Have you been watching any Christmas movies lately? Uh, let me think. No, because I'm a giant bah humbug. Really? Not even with your kids? We've watched the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Which one? The like the original. Okay, the Maybe only like one. Maybe like five times. Uh Honestly, with kids, your the, the age of your kids, that you've only watched it five times is amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to think what other what else have we watched. So, I think I don't know. They watched the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Everyone's, but I, mean, I still have not. Yeah, Kurt Russell as Santa. So, hmm. uh, Santa Pliskin or something. Santa Pliskin is what people are saying. Yeah. Uh, so that, that looked fun, and they watched it without. Actually, that was actually one I, I would have watched. Uh, my wife likes to watch terrible Christmas movies on Netflix, but she's saying that the current crop is too terrible for even her. Wow, really? Because when I looked back at it, for the most part, the majority of them are the that awful straight to DVD kind of not even good enough for Hollywood. Um, except then you have like some of the the go tos like you got Love Actually, which right, right, yeah. I, I finally watched it like a few years ago. I was not, you know, it, it was better in like when did it come out? Like two thousand three? I, I don't know. Whenever it came out, it was better when it came out. Or we had worse taste when it came out. <laughs> well, okay, yes, we had worse. The, it was at the very least, it was somewhat novel. As a a movie That's, following multiple characters, this and, is true, and sort of interconnecting, so each character ended up with an intersection of some other character. This is true because then they tried that with so many other holidays afterward. Yeah, they they've done, and just in general, I feel like that's become a more common uh, device for a movie in general. But so when Love actually came out, it was it was a little bit unique, but now it's just most of the characters kind of seem like terrible people in hindsight they're terrible people or just really dumb storylines like i think the most innocent one is a weird one where it's like uh mr bilbo is the body double shoot body double shoot yeah it's like all this really weird looking pretend banging going on for hollywood (laughs) films and it makes you wonder who is mr fro uh, mr bilbo going to be a body double for in a scene like that I, he doesn't really look like the type that you would use as exactly. a... Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, um, no, I mean, basically the biggest reason that this even came up, the idea of doing Christmas movies, is I realized something 
while re-watching a Christmas story with my mom. And it only added to the realization that I had years ago that most Christmas movies are, in fact, terrible. And yes. the best ones are okay at best for the most part. But what makes, for example, A Christmas Story such a beloved classic to so many people, and even though like it is my mom's favorite movie, period. Not favorite Christmas movie, but favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watched it every year growing up. But it was around when TNT decided they needed to marathon it all day. Because that way you just set something on auto and nobody has to work at the right, station right, that yeah. day. So everything's on autopilot. Um, and, I mean, there's probably at least one or two people that get stuck with that crappy uh, Right, I mean, day. because something's going to go wrong. You know? um, but... Um, that was about when the rest of my family started to hate the movie, but I still enjoy it. I still enjoy A Christmas Story. And what I realized watching it recently with my mom once more was the fact that A Christmas Story works so well because of a few key reasons. And it's elements that other Christmas movies ha- have not been able to catch on to intelligently, like in a, or at least in a meaningful way. The first is, it's not a schmaltzy film with a, you know, meaning of Christmas. Nothing about it's the meaning of Christmas. It's not trying to tell you it's all about family or love. It's not trying to pull um, a Christmas carol on you. It is just, here's a story about a kid that really wants a specific toy for Christmas. Which, that, that element right there is going to either make you relate to it as a kid, or it's going to make you nostalgic as an adult. But what really works is that manages to work as a central conflict because what does he want? Red Rider BB gun. Red Rider BB gun is safe enough that it makes sense a kid would want it, but it also makes sense that just about every adult in that kid's life is going to say, "You'll shoot your eye out, kid." <laughs> um, so it's 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 the central conflict. I want this, but I can't get it. It is a basic, simple conflict, but when you think about anything else, like from any other generation, like think of a toy that a child would want and for some reason would be unable to get, and under most circumstances, it's going to be something like what Jingle All the Way tried, which was the common 90s... You know, oh, the, the toy store, craze. Yeah, the sto- toy craze. Yeah. Where you can't find it in stores because there's a shortage. Or um, nowadays because all the eBay speculators brought it, bought it up and they're selling it for four times the price or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need a movie like that. Oh, no, we don't. We don't need Jingle All the Way to. Or five because they probably if made they a bring bunch Arnold, of if they bring If they bring Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, they can't bring... It would be Arnold Schwarzenegger's grandson. <laughs> yeah. It's been long enough. That's what they're letting me get. They bring him back, and now his grandson wants some toy. He's like, what is this eBay? I have to well, sit on the eBay. Would you bring Sinbad back? Would it be Arnold and Sinbad team up against another? They team up against the eBay scammer. Yes. Because oh, Sinbad God, is the mailman. Why am right? I writing this? Why are, we, why are we giving Hollywood ideas? Who needs to direct this? Oh, Who my directed goodness. Jingle All the Way? Like, I don't know. Probably some schmo. <laughs> some schmo. <laughs> all right, some schmo if you're out there. <laughs> a literal Joe schmo. Um, but no, uh, that's the thing. Like, that's not necessarily an interesting conflict, and it also only invites... Like, the only other thing I can think of 
going back is if you would have to set it in the 80s and it would have to be something like the kid wants a Dungeons and Dragons or he wants something that's going to go against the whole satanic panic. Like the kid wants a, but then you also kind of have like, what is it? Detroit Rock City where the right. kids want to go to see Kiss. Um, you can do, I, I mean, I mean there's, there's a handful of other things you do. Something like a skateboard or a... But it's not the same as a Red Rider BB game. No, it's not the same. It doesn't have the same... Just uh, yeah, but you're right. There's not that is an interesting that as a as a toy as a Christmas gift that does sit in an interesting space between danger and appeal. Yeah, and mass appeal, uh, and it allows for a conflict. And also, the film, except for some daydream sequences, the film never really breaks out of reality. It never steps away, like it never becomes like what 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 is it like Christmas Vacation where it occasionally gets cartoony, right? Because it's that crazy comedy, and like everything's got to be that kind of cartoonish element where it's we we got slapstick hijinks going on. Yeah, Christmas Story doesn't do that. The family is rather grounded, and that's the thing too. Like every member of the family, it feels real enough. And then at the very end, like, everyone's still a family. They're still together. Like, it, it, it taps into reality enough that, again, you relate to it as a kid. The narrator, like, has the logic that you follow as a child. But as an adult, you're like, wow, I really did think like that because I was a foolish child. <laughs> and so that there you get the nostalgia appeal. And a Christmas story just works. But no, like, very few other Christmas movies are able to attain that and And i think that's the biggest issue because christmas movies otherwise are trying to be either it's a wonderful life uh national lampoon's christmas vacation or a christmas carol like right so and i think there's 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 a good thing that um it uh what do you call it it sort of taps into as well where you have there is sort of like a subgenre of like cynical Christmas Christmas movies. Um, are you gonna bring? You're not gonna bring up Die Hard, are you? Well, no, not Die Hard. I'm, I'm, okay. I mean, you know, like Bad Santa or something like that. Yeah. Where well, so where they take it to? There's sort of an extreme in it. I've never actually uh, seen Bad Santa, but I do have so, another. So, oh, but there's other. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But there's other movies that are good examples where it's sort of like. Um, and Jingle All the Way has a little bit of this in it, in it as well. But the sort of the, like, Christmas is actually terrible. And I think what a Christmas story does is it, it says, you know what? Christmas doesn't have to be perfect without saying Christmas is actually kind of terrible if you think about it. It just is. It, it just is. Right. It's just... It has the, this... uh, has the ups and the downs, and it has everything else, and so I'll, uh, I, you're right, there is, there is something, it really sits in a, in a good spot there, um, where there's, there's the nostalgia and the other things, but it's not, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're right, because like then the other end of the spectrum, one of my family regular Christmas films is The Ref, which is a film where... Dennis Leary is a thief in a rich Connecticut town where no crimes ever really happen. He manages to get caught. Well, he's on camera once, so he needs to take a family hostage. He needs to try and figure out a way out of town to get away while the cops are all looking for him. 
And so he he runs into Kevin Spacey and I can never remember the actress's name. Um, and basically it's Dennis Theory gets mixed up with an incredibly dysfunctional family. And it's very, you know, true of the 90s and it resonates very much with my with my family because we weren't exactly the most healthy family. We were dysfunctional. My parents were arguing all the time growing up. So it latches onto that, but at the end it like basically by the end they still have the happy ending where the the the, the they learned to love the thief, the thief gets away and the family loves again. Like you know, they they're on their way to reparations. And it kind of like reaches a point where it feels like the movie ends. It's like, okay, we gotta have a happy ending, but we kind of wrote ourselves into a corner. We're running out of runtime. We just gotta end it. Um, but it's trying to be that dysfunctional, but still have the happy ending. Whereas, as you can see with the lamp episode and Christmas story, you have some of those conflicts, but it doesn't have to be full on dysfunction. Right. Um, so you're right. It, it, it's not that like cheesy commercial optimism that doesn't reflect how most people's Christmas is, but it's not the super cynical one that assumes everyone's Christmas is trash either. Yeah. It's in the middle. It's what the average person's Christmas probably looks like. Like it doesn't, you don't have to be, um, Will Ferrell in Elf. I've never seen it. I don't want to because you it's never, Will Ferrell. What? What? Look, okay, I, we're fa- there's only one movie where Will Ferrell has a leading role that I am okay with, and it is called Stranger Than Fiction, and it's because he is the least Will Ferrell that he's ever been. I saw that. Is that the one he has, like, the voice in his head or something? Or yes, like the, he... the woman's writing the story, and he happens to be the main character. And she I, know, I, feel I didn't see that. Okay. You I... see, you've at least remembered commercials where some of the most, like, the most Will ferrell moments they made sure to put in the trailer. Right. Okay. And yeah, I never... I... I'm trying to think of what movie I'm thinking of. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, you should watch Elf. Uh, should I? You should. It's really. It's Will Ferrell being Will it's Ferrell. It's the only Christmas movie made in like the last fifteen years that it was even made in the last fifteen years. I can actually counter argue. Well, that's okay. I can counter argue that. But only with the movie of replaying by the Die Hard rules. Which is as long as it's set during Christmas. Mm. Because that's another thing that I feel is cropped up with our generation. Because it starts as a meme. But like all memes with our age group or even people younger. For some reason what starts as a meme and a joke needs to suddenly become serious. No, I will defend people this take to it the too, death. It's like yeah. people, exactly, people will take it too far. Like, oh yeah man, Die Hard's totally a Christmas movie. Ha ha ha. Yeah, it's a funny observation because it takes place in Christmas. And then it's like, no, it's a Christmas movie. We will make it a Christmas movie. It's like, guys, guys, it's a great joke, all right? It's funny. And, well, here's, here's the problem. But, You're familiar with this psycho- psychological trick. Where if you, if you make someone defend a point, whether or not they believe in it, they'll start to believe it a little bit more just because they argued for it. So like if you flip somebody around, professors in college will do this. Well, they, they'll say they'll make students write a paper from their opposite perspective. And then what that does is that then gets the student to think a little bit more like that opposite perspective. And, and so that's what happens with some of these things. Like with Die Hard, 
So you didn't really have an opinion about whether or not Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Then it was a meme, and then somebody was really gung-ho about Die Hard not being a Christmas. Not a Christmas movie, you're crazy. And that made you say, like, no, it's a Christmas movie. Think about all these Christmas things that happen. It's not Christmas now until I have a machine falls, falls off the Yakadobi Plaza. And, and now you've... Well, now it's gone commercial. That's the problem, because I just got my sister... Their family, their first copy of Die Hard, and it comes with a ho-ho-ho Christmas sweater with Nakatomi Plaza knitted on it as its cover. Fox is in on it now, which means it's not funny anymore. If it's Fox not, is in on it, it's, not, it's funny. not funny anymore. Except for the fact that, I mean, Fox is in on the fact that uh, Fox's Marvel movies aren't that good. And so that's still funny. Wait, what? Have you seen any of the, the Once Upon a Deadpool trailer, speaking of Christmas movie? No, I have not. Oh, you haven't seen any of the trailers? Oh, they had this whole they had this whole thing in it where um, where Fred Savage says something about he likes Marvel movies. And Deadpool's like, we're Marvel. It's like, eh. <laughs> so they, whatever they this is. Of, they say, he has this whole, this, you haven't seen this? You need to watch this. But he has this whole bit about how Fox Marvel movies are like if... The Beatles songs were recorded by Nickelback. Oh! Oh! Oh, it's so true! Oh! But it's in a Fox movie. Maybe they, maybe for some reason they're like, okay, whatever, Deadpool manages to make money. Let him say whatever he wants. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds can Then Ryan Reynolds kill his old self. Fine, whatever. Twice, technically. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but but yeah, so once Fox is in on it, though, it's not... It's not funny, it's no. Funny. And, and, like... Your it's corporate also, overlords like, demand you laugh. Like Gremlins. Is Gremlins a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? It's kind of good. <laughs> I need to watch that again. That's a good movie. But this is, this is part of where... It's, if, if you're searching for a good Christmas movie... You don't have a lot of options. So a lot of people are going to be like, okay, Die Hard counts. Or in my opinion, like something like, look, Shane Black makes so many movies during Christmas time. Nobody's picked this up with Lethal Weapon. Nobody's picked it up with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I would use as a, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I was thinking so about Lethal Weapon that. the other day, yeah. Like Lethal Weapon, uh, Iron Man 3, but I guess because everyone hates Iron Man 3 for dumb reasons. Because that's Christmas time too. That's true. The only thing I didn't like about Iron Man 3 is it was, was like kind of like Tony Stark 3. That's what people keep saying. But he is Iron Man. Exactly. That's the whole point. I am Iron Man. You know? Anyways. Well, that's getting like, off topic. Sort of that's getting off topic. No, no. Let's, let's talk about this real quick. Because it's sort of the opposite <laughs> of Iron Man 2. Because Iron Man 2 sort of overdid it with... The suits and everything. The suits and everything else, right? Then Iron Man 3 is like, fine. You don't want the suits. Like, fine. Here's Iron Man. He's just a guy with a thing in his chest. He doesn't want the thing in his chest. Maybe they were trying a real character arc rather than the really bad forced one in Iron Man 2. He's got poison! Oh no, he doesn't. He fixed it with science magic. Science magic. That's what it was. That's pretty much like the MCU. Science magic. Yeah, I mean, Thor kind of confesses it's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Christmas. 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 Um, so Iron Man three, I got to go watch that now because it's a Christmas movie. There you go. But that, that's the thing. Like when you, when we really think back, even to our childhood, like I, I've got this weird 
Like, for nostalgic reasons, I want to go back and watch Home Alone. But I don't know if I actually like Home Alone. Like, I... I, 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 lo- I like, watched that movie, like, ten times in December when I was a kid. Like dude, we wore that VHS out so much. And the thing is, I'm not sure if I did it because I liked the movie or because I, it was a Christmas movie. Or maybe I liked elements of it because I watched it a few years ago and it was like, okay, the movie's not as bad as I was expecting it to be, but it's also not as good as I was kind of hoping I remembered it. It's, I mean, it's, Joe Pesci, like, gets hit in the face with a paint can and... Marv gets hit in the face with a iron. Yeah. It's, Dude, that, that movie's kind of... Okay, speaking of diehard comparisons, Marv steps on the glass ornaments... Glass in his feet, just like Bruce Willis had glass in his feet. There you go. Die Hard is Home Alone for grown-ups. Maybe. (laughs) The only difference is rather rather than the thief being the... like, It's where Kevin grows up and becomes the German bad guy. Kevin McAllister becomes Hans Gruber. (laughs) Hmm. Imagine Macaulay Culkin as a Hans Gruber in a reboot of Die Hard. I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. <laughs> as long as it's like... Speaking of, like, I want to have this on the record. If they were to remake Die Hard, get him to lose a couple pounds, but Nathan Fillion would make the perfect replacement for Bruce Willis because he seems more like an everyman and he'd be able to have the same comedic timing while still delivering believable action goodness. I could buy it. I think, I think he actually trimmed up a little bit for that new show he's on. The Rookie where he plays a cop? Yeah. That's part of the reasons why I can actually see it. Why, why I can see it work. I've never seen it, but just the idea of Nathan Fillion playing a cop makes it... It's like, you know what? Yeah, he could be He could be a new um, uh, oh, John McClane. And he's sort of... I think he's sort of like... He's sort of John... He could be John McClane for our generation a little exactly. bit more. Like, because when you could... When you think about what, what Bruce Willis looked like in the 80s... He, he, he was still kind of like muscular and stuff. He looked more muscular than your average guy would. But compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone right. and Jesse Ventura and stuff, he looked average. Yeah. So now when you consider how they all have every one of these actors on the same exact fitness regimen, so they all look exactly the same, yeah, Nathan Fillion looks average in comparison. Yeah. And he sort of, I think, well, I think it's also not just that. It's like the... I don't know how to say it. Like, baby boomers sort of were more... They dealt with the the pain of existence, like... <laughs> Horribly? Because they turned into hippies? Well, no, but, like, like as they were as they got older, like, they sort of... I don't know. They, they sort of went to They dark. went from hippies to the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, yeah, but, but like, in, in the Bruce Willis kind of, the divorced... You know, ex cop, whatever, like about guy. to be divorced. They, they, weren't were, they weren't separated. They weren't separated yet, but but like, I feel like Bruce Willis is better representative of that. Whereas the sort of the the Gen X and the older millennials were more likely to just sort of like laugh it off and tell a joke, and then to sort of get that like gruff Bruce Willis. Well, like that's the thing. I would want Nathan Fillion to be a different kind of funny, but not that drastically different. I don't want him to crack jokes like he's a comedian. Like. I want him to have that, you know, still that still that attitude. The come out to the coast, have a few laughs, but not like Bruce Willis had it, which is going to be tough. Like I'm asking for something very specific. I'm the customer that doesn't know what they actually want, but, you but knows what they don't want. Want to see it? You do. You just kind of want to see it, 
You want Nathan Fillion to be... Because he would be I, different. He wouldn't be like Bruce Willis. He wouldn't deliver and, the And that's one of the things Bruce that would make Willis. it work. Like, if you tried to get some, like, bald action star to redo it. Well, he wasn't it would, bald yet. Well, no. Uh, well, he was a little bald. He was close enough. He was getting there. Yeah. But, like, it would suck if you just got something. But if you got somebody different and remade the concept with somebody who was the right the right sort of voice for the time, I, I, can, I can see it. I just want Nathan Fillion to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if I'm the only one here who feels that way, but... But, th- no, that's... that. that, that I had more whiskey in my glass than Chris did. So, Are you sure I didn't just drink it for you? Or then again, you did pour it. I did pour it. I'm already I'm, done mine. I'm I know water. I gave myself more than I gave Chris. Because I'm just that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, movies. Christmas movies. movies. Christmas movies. And again, okay, uh, so, so, okay we, we, where we got really seriously derailed are Christmas movies from the last, good Christmas movies from the last 15 to 20 years. And the only one I actually know of... Oh, we got Love Actually, but that 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 was good at the time because it, it honestly was there was a little bit of an artistic risk in in the whole format of it. But it doesn't have any one set. It really cast just there. hasn't held up. But that's the thing. You still like the most clever thing is rather than having the big romantic scene in the airport of love confession being an adult, it it's was, a kid subversion. Man, that guy could could have made the next Star Wars movie. It was also like, um, speaking of the next Star Wars movie. Oh God! Just stop, stop. No, right. no, no, no. Are you gonna bring <laughs> I'm not actually gonna talk about Star Wars. Okay. Go, go see Mortal Engines. The last, the last thirty minutes is basically the best Star Wars movie we've gotten in like thirty-five years. Um, a movie based on a young adult novel. Yeah, it's basically the the ending is we were, it's. It's sort of like it's not really a train wreck. It's good. It's speaking. Go see it on. Christmas. It's a city wreck. It's not a Christmas all cities. Movie. Yeah, it's like a cities right, on right, wheels. Right. Okay, so Mortal Engines, real quick. Go see this on Christmas with your family. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, so so since it's a movie about cities on wheels that come around and like eat other cities, it's sort of like imagine if instead of cars, those cities were trains, and then the city trains got in a train wreck. That's what that movie is. It's amazing and beautiful and totally off the rails. And the last 30 minutes is basically like, hey, what if we turn this into Star Wars for the ending? Like, I can't even, there's too many spoilers to give out, but this is literally Star Wars, the last 30 minutes. It's Star Wars, only instead of a Death Star, you've got a giant city and everything else is the same. <laughs> That's it. It's so. <laughs> anyway, so continue. we can't talk about this because um, this isn't even a Christmas movie. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just getting that out there. Um, we can make it a Christmas movie somehow, somehow, somehow. Yeah, it came out in December. Therefore, it it's a Christmas. Out, movie. Therefore, exactly. No, um, but I guess probably uh, go see like, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse instead. Actually, yeah. <laughs> but okay, so Christmas movies. Come on, uh, the Polar Express. When did and, that come out? Uh, it, it definitely came out within the last 10 to 15 years. It was Robert Zemeckis. You also did A Christmas Carol. The thing is, Polar Express is a weird movie, and I've grown to hate it because my mom got it for my niece, 
and my niece being a baby and not knowing any better just wanted to watch it over and over again. 2004. And she yeah. always wanted to imitate the caribou. There are caribou that they had to stop the train for and she kept on trying to imitate its noise and I remember hating that because I had to watch this movie over and over again. It's bad enough I have to hear the caribou in the movie every day and I have to hear her imitating it every hour on the hour. It's like, ah! So, so this is this is more about your relationship with the movie than the movie itself. Okay, okay, removing all of that though, it's still a it's weird movie. It's there's, not it's not great, and there's it's it's a weird though as part of the reason, because it has all of these things that feel like that fairy tale magic of Christmas to a kid, the being on the train, having this weird angel that's a hobo and is making fun of the kid that doesn't believe. Something about that feels Christmas, but it's just the execution's weird. And part of it's because that's Tom Hanks. That's also Tom Hanks. And that guy's Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is like half the stupid cast. And, and, and it's Uncanny Valley. It's so Uncanny Valley. I, I almost don't want to look at it. I'm None like, of I should show this like, to my kids, but no. No, it's creepy. It's nightmare fuel. Like, the adults <laughs> look fine is the funny thing. It's the kids that all look wrong. All of the kids and their facial expressions look so wrong. I'd rather watch video game cutscenes and stuff. I was like, who thought Grand Admiral Thrawn being... No, 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 that's the books. Who is the guy they brought back, Peter Cushing's character, yeah. in uh, Last Jedi? Like, who thought that would be a good idea after they watched Polar Express? I don't know. Like, yeah, I, as far as I'm concerned, nobody's really done children great since, like, Final Fantasy VIII. You remember the kids in Final Fantasy VIII? The game? The game. In pre-rendered cutscenes? No, like just the, the in-game cutscenes. I don't remember children. I just remember being like wowed by the... And you know, I came back later after I had children and played it. And I was like, wow, like... For a, for a PS1 game, they really nailed kids. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're but gonna... no, but no, they really got, like, there was something about those totally polygonal... Polygonal. Emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say polygonal because polygonal sounds like, too much like polygamy. And we're talking about children and we just... Really Look, you're the one that brought nailing them up, okay? <laughs> anyway. So many negative reviews on iTunes. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know so many people read this, uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, somebody just, I'm so honored somebody, they dislike us that Somebody much. just tweeted to give, go give us a negative yeah, review. Yeah. Um, no, but the... Uh, there's really just something about the way they captured... <laughs> Candy in a big white van without a mark? Okay. I'm going to stop talking about it. But even though the they wrote even, the children and the behavior of the, the children... The behavior of the children and even the animation... In the what now appear to be very crude graphics, but in 1998, 99, roughly, were were sort of semi state of the art for a console game. Um, as the PC Master Race guy at the time, um, the uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's better. The, the the kids in a PS1 game to me look better than the children in the Polar Express, which is why you shouldn't watch the Polar Express. Even though it's sort of become... It wants to, it's look, sort of become a... You know what would make the Polar Express work? 
if they shortened it down and it was in one of those uh, crappy rides where you're in the seat that moves. Because it keeps trying to be a roller coaster ride. And this seems, I think this is a problem with Robert Zemeckis because he did this with his Christmas Carol as well. Um, I think my family rented his Christmas Carol movie. When did that come out? That was after Polar Express. Oh, was it? But it I was the same general idea. It's 3D animated, and every so often it would become oh, this yeah. big roller coaster. Jim Carrey voice Scrooge. Um, no. But it was just it was a roller coaster. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, everything had to be a roller coaster every once in a while, and this big, crazy ride because it's 3D. But it's like you don't you're not sitting in a seat that moves or anything. It's not a VR headset, so you're just sitting there like, okay, I guess it's exciting, and that's what they tried. And now then I've got motion sickness. And then the kid that, or rather the the full grown adult that played Dexter's rival in Dexter's Laboratory, also played like the weird uptight rules lawyering kid in polar express so you have these child voice actors and then you have a full-grown adult making a pretend child's voice yeah yeah it's nothing about it ever i mean it seems to have had some staying power um because i'm hearing about kids having like polar express day at school or something and it's so weird yeah i, I just i don't i this don't really see it i i feel like it's not the, the adults get stupid around kids. They assume kids are stupid, and therefore they get stupid around you know, kids. I can see that, and that's one mistake I don't think I've made with my kids is I don't assume that my kids are stupid. I mean, takes one to know one, etc., etc. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're kids, but just no, 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 no. You're right. You, you, you and your wife do treat them as if they are intelligent, thinking beings. Which is why, like, most of our children's Christmas media consumption has been Charlie Brown Christmas and The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And these are classics. And we did talk about watching Elf with them. But again, I know you hate Will Ferrell, but watch Elf. If I'm forced to. If I'm strapped down into a chair You know, let's cut the, we should just cut this podcast short and we can go watch Elf. Uh, I will drive home. And you can be home. You can, like, leave by 11. Nope. I'm not gonna look, dude. Very few instances where I'll actually expose myself to that movie. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> how is how is our Christmas our Christmas movie podcast turning out to be like the worst? Uh, or is it the best? I don't know. I don't know. You, but we well, have really bad phrasing tonight. You did pour some whiskey. I did pour some whiskey, and it's really good. Uh, did you think it was good? I thought it was good, but it was also a little strong for me. But I'm I'm used to like I'm I'm a baby and drink the the honey whiskey. That's true. It, uh, yeah. So so anyway, so apparently we should use whiskey as a podcast assistant more often. <laughs> um, but. Trying to think back, and again, it's like what 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 would make a good Christmas movie? Like, we already talked about a Christmas story, but okay, let me go back because I was thinking about this as well. Why did even as a child I liked Home Alone, but I didn't like Home Alone Two? Why? Why would I understand the difference between these two? And I'm a kid. Donald Trump's in Home Alone Two. Yeah, but I didn't know, I didn't know who he was or care who he was. But maybe just the, I don't know. maybe I was just like able to look into the future. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, Home Alone 2 was weird. It's it, like, do you know owned... my way to home? We're gonna build a wall! <laughs> yeah, between you and home. You're gonna pay for your We're own way home. Your home and our home. Uh, You're gonna pay for your own way home. It'll be big league. Uh, so... I'm sorry for anyone that actually voted for Trump that listens. I don't imagine there's a lot of you. Because that's just how the internet works somehow, but I'm sorry. Uh, uh, anyway, I mean, even most people who voted for Trump can, like, make fun of how he talks and stuff. Um, you'd think. You'd think. Um, uh, now we're talking about Trump, and it's just totally, We just ruined it. You we know just, you brought we, we it just up. ruined Christmas. I just brought up Home Alone 2, and you ruined it. I ruined it. Uh, so no, Home Alone no, no. 2, Home Alone 2, it was weird, because I, I honestly, I knew it wasn't as good as Home Alone 1. And we didn't never owned it. We had the VHS of Home Alone one, but never two. And we would like rent it maybe sometimes. I don't know. You're a kid and you don't remember this stuff. That's the weird thing. Like I know I watched Home Alone two in the theater. I know I watched it at home. I have no idea how many times I've seen that movie. Like I may have seen it only two times ever. I may have seen it ten times and just have forgotten about eight of them. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, the point that I wanted to make was again, it goes to content. I think. Because Home Alone is actually comes close in some ways to what a Christmas story manages. Because Home Alone is actually more grounded, which sounds so stupid of me, like stupid coming out of my mouth to say, compared to some other movies. Because when you think about the stuff Kevin McAllister does, yes, those thieves manage to survive more than they should without having to take a trip to the hospital. But it's nothing compared to what happens in the sequel. And it's nothing compared to what happens in most of these movies that are trying to be all crazy hijinks. Like where Zoe Deschanel saves Christmas by singing Baby is Cold Outside in Elf. See, nobody can watch that movie anymore because Baby is Cold Outside is all about rape. Oh, right. That's <laughs> and it's in that movie. We can't. We got to ban Elf. elf. We got to ban Elf. Ban Elf. Okay. You got to ban Hashtag Elf. ban Elf. <laughs> oh gosh I hope nobody takes that seriously <laughs> but I'm serious um, uh, no, I, no I, I totally get that because so many Christmas movies there's so right you got this whole like everyone's all about the magic of Christmas and Home Alone doesn't have that really doesn't he kind of like the Santa math thing on the door? I don't know. I forget. There's like a little... There, there are moments, but actually the weirdest thing that I don't think... like He he, end, he ends up meeting his... The, the, the neighbor. The, the neighbor guy. The shovel murderer. The shovel guy at a church, though. And That's it's right. kind of weird, because it's like, would you be able to have a contemporary film where, like, the kid has this good epiphany at a church? Yeah, you can. Okay, sure. I mean, like... I think... I, I'm not. I'm never sure anymore. I don't know how. people I mean, I'm people saying about like Daredevil, like goes to confession and stuff. And this like, is true. This is true. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're still. This is still like a very religious society, and there's still lots of, of opportunity to, to use that. And especially, like, obviously, we there's this whole like this like fake Christmas war or something. I mean, there I, I, are still people that insist you know that 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 hammer on the whole stolen pagan holiday thing well it's not just that it's Which like is, it, it is but it isn't i think it's sort of like everybody everybody on some level hates this whole commercialized christmas thing where like you know now everyone has to work 
on Thanksgiving to have the store open so you can start Black Friday at 6 o'clock on Thanksgiving instead of actually on Friday. Everyone's sort of like, at some level, even if you are lining up in front of Walmart at 6 o'clock on Thanksgiving, you still kind of hate it. You know what you need to and do? You need to find all of the employees that hate Thanksgiving because of what we did to the indigenous peoples. Those are the people you you employ to work those days because then they're kind of boycotting it. That's not a bad idea. But anyway, so I, I, like I'm a, I'm a former retail guy, so I like okay. I, I shot up my cashier's there. Anyway, we're getting our politics also out. We've been holding it back all year, all year long. We're letting it all out like, for however long we've been doing this. We've been holding back our politics. Anyway, so um, we're never kind of, having whiskey again. Everyone kind of hates this whole commercialized end of it. But then they can't figure out like, do they want the full, you know, baby Jesus in the manger come to save the world, or do they just want like John Lennon, Happy Christmas, War is over? Um, and we have a lot of these forces converge on Christmas, and some people want the religious Christmas because they believe and some people want the religious Christmas because it brings back memories of childhood of their parents or grandparents bringing them to to church for Christmas and some people just want the songs they want Paul McCartney singing simply having one wonderful, wonderful Christmas time, time. Um, and, and, just, and, some, and, and so there's like and, and the movies have to figure this out too, right? Where the movies have to find the right balance between, all right, like, do we do we want to have the nativity? Do we want to have, you know, a Kevin McAllister hides out in the nativity at home? I always remember that part. That's cool. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you want to have this or do we want to just keep it generic and fun and just have Happy Christmas Wars over? Or, you know, do we want to just totally embrace the whole commercial end of this holiday um, Jingle All The Way style or what? You know what? I'm sorry. It just did randomly... <laughs> Jingle All The Way style my... where we like set the wise man's head on fire. Oh and... my goodness. <laughs> Poor... I'm going to go watch that. I I put it on for my... Actually, you know what? I put that on for my mom the one day because I was working. Worked from home, but she was setting up the Christmas tree. So I helped. It's like, okay, let's put on Jingle All The Way for you because you like Arnold. And then after that, it's like, you know what? You guys watch Tim Allen's new show... I'm going to put on uh, the Santa Claus because it's been years since I saw that. I completely forgot all the kids, all the elves are played by kids. And they have like that spec ops group of elf children. And they have this weird scene where they like wrap up the uh, police officer. Because it's the 90s and therefore all authority figures that are grown-ups are also dweebs and lame. And the kids got to like outdo them in a way that's not overtly harmful but is also like yeah man kids win and I hated the movie after just being reminded that that scene exists I'm sorry remember the part <laughs> in Jingle All the Way where Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> fights Goldberg Goldberg from Mighty Ducks no Goldberg like the WWE wrestler which one was Goldberg he's one of the Santas oh I, okay, now I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just I just thought I'd remind you of that. <laughs> <laughs> no point. Just that. Well, Christmas movies, man. Christmas Come movies, on. man. Okay, but okay. So we've talked about Christmas movies. Most of them aren't that great. How about 
television specials. Are there any, like, Christmas episodes of any show you watch, be it growing up or as an adult, that you actually do hold kind of, like, important? Um, rather, you have better memories of? Christmas with the Joker. That is, like, required viewing. <laughs> Christmas with the Joker, okay. Um, Batman honestly, the Animated Series. Oh, uh, yeah, Batman the Animated Series. That was actually, you realize that was the second episode of the show. That was the first time we get Mark Hamill as the Joker. So that's like, that's that's not just Christmas, that's history. <laughs> okay? You're right, you're right. Um, that's when, for many children, the the real Joker was finally found. The, that's, that's, that's right. Uh, and um, so w- Christmas episodes that stand out to me, uh, Scrubs, always had, always it was a show for me. I don't, did you ever watch Scrubs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it always had a really good balance of of uh, humor. Breaking your laptop. Yeah, I'm smashing <laughs> my laptop because I love Scrubs so much. Um, <laughs> of humor and pathos, um, where a lot of the Christmas episodes, I feel like, and they also they deal with a lot of religious themes too. With um, well, death. I mean, they do dealt with that a lot. Death, and then, yeah, and it's always. Those, the Christmas episodes were always ones that seemed to be where they would they would sort of hit all these themes, um, and they, I felt like for a show that was sort of sort of always a little bit irreverent and over the top, they always dealt with Christmas in a sort of a reverential way almost. That it was, it, it's, I don't know, it's always interesting to me. That's some of those Christmas episodes are the ones that stand out. Where when you say Christmas episodes of TV shows, I'm kind of otherwise drawing a blank. Other than Christmas and the Joker and Scrubs. Interesting. Um, Because there's a couple that stand out to my mind. The first one that comes up is always Futurama. Because the murderous Santabot. His first episode with him was great. And um, your mistletoe is no match for my toe missile. Always a classic line. Okay, okay. And then there's the episode where Bender had to replace him. And that one of the reasons that comes to mind is we're talking about Christmas. The only Hanukkah special I can think of is Rugrats, and Rugrats was an awful show. That's and true. We just lost whatever followers we had. We lost because <laughs> we said Rugrats. We just was lost an awful a whole bunch. Uh, but at least you agree Ban with a, me, Steve. This is this is not one of the instances where we argue about something vehemently. We both agree on. Somebody's this. gonna make a hashtag ban a Steve. So it's going to look like Bane H. Steve. Um, Banna Steve? <laughs> Who the heck is Banna Steve? Banna Steve? What? Um, anyways, uh, but in the, the, the one episode where, where Bender had to take uh, over, you have Hanukkah Bot, then you have Kwanzaa Bot. And every year, for, the pa- like for centuries, every year he's passed out booklets asking, what the heck is Kwanzaa? Only a little bit more cuss-worthy, so. <laughs> um, uh, I've been handing these out for a century. Like, um, but that, 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 it acknowledges other holidays, at least. Um, but, you have, so you got Futurama, but also, Rocco's Modern Life's Christmas special, because I loved that show as a kid. Um, and... Hey Arnold was actually a good effort at a Christmas special because they had the um, 
the one the 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 one guy that lived in um, Arnold's apartment building who hadn't seen his daughter in years because like he he what was he was he in, like Vietnam or I never, something? I never watched that Arnold. Hey Arnold was an interesting like urban style Charlie Brown is the best way I can put it. Like I've seen I like I'm, I could identify characters from Hey Arnold. I've never watched it. It wasn't bad, but like it, it was actually a surprisingly good Christmas special hmm. for a kids show. But you're like even then like I feel like TV probably gets it better under most instances, but that's because you're able to craft a story about Christmas with these characters that you've written for other situations. Like the Star Wars Christmas special. Why do you have to take it there? Well, I'm just saying, because you have characters that you already understand. Look, and And you put them in a... Shut up right now. (laughs) We're not going to acknowledge... The existence of this... Uh, what, are you, what are you, George Lucas here? Of you grow a beard and suddenly you're George Lucas not acknowledging the existence of the Star Wars holiday special. And the existence of poor late Carrie Fisher being high off her mind during <laughs> filming. <laughs> poor one out for Carrie Fisher. Also, in my mouth. I'm going to pour it. Fraser! <laughs> the title of tonight's episode. A.C. Phrasing. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to have to make sure the description is completely filled with double entendres. <laughs> and I'm not a good enough writer to do that well. <laughs> but, no, um, I think we this has gone on long enough, probably. This, I mean, this has, so, so what we've determined is... A Christmas Story is the only truly good Christmas movie. Other than Elf. Shut up, no. And... That TV, we, even though we, we didn't really get a chance to really get get down and dirty with this point, is... Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just doing it with anything I can. Is Phrasing. That, that the TV <laughs> has an opportunity to better explore some of these themes of, that resonate with people around the holidays because of the nature the nature of the thing. Where we're not... You don't have... 90 to 120 minutes to introduce characters and then introduce how they interact with the holidays. You have, you know, a whole year or multiple years to introduce the characters and get to know them. And then you have 30 minutes or an hour to have them interact with these, with these things. Um, so I can get down with that. I can get down with how good a Christmas story is and why it sort of went from it's in one of these movies in somewhat similar fashion to A Wonderful Life that wasn't some kind of big box office phenomenon it just happened picked up in syndication yeah picked up in syndication and became sort of like a Christmas classic because you could always just turn on TBS or TNT or whatever and watch a Christmas story yeah Um, just like every year you could watch It's a Wonderful Life so what does that say about us compared to um, the so-called greatest generation? Um, that our, our It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas story. We have better taste. <laughs> Even though I know a couple of people that would call me a blasphemer for saying that. Because the, the problem is I saw It's a Wonderful Life after I had seen a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock films, Orson Welles stuff. Um, I had seen a whole bunch of really good black and white films that pushed the limits of cinema at the time 
And then I finally got around to seeing It's a Wonderful Life, and it felt so cheap and poorly made in comparison. Like, how old were you? Like, in your 20s? Or? Probably. Okay, yeah. So, like, I was, like, the kid who, like, was, like, grabbing the remote to, like, switch to It's a Wonderful Life. I never saw it as a kid, oh, yeah. but I, I didn't see it until I was an adult, and at that point I'd already seen, like, Psycho, I'd seen, um, Citizen Kane, I'd seen all this, like, so to pull this all together, though, if you have seen It's a Wonderful Life, look up the Saturday Night Live It's a Wonderful Life sketch. It's the alternate ending. It's, oh gosh! It's really good. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. It's really great. So it's again another example of how TV was able to really do better with Christmas than uh, than movies have in a, in a lot of ways. And why there really just aren't that many Christmas movies worth watching. All Especially right. not on Netflix right now. Just don't. Just don't. don't, don't, don't. Not on Netflix. The Christmas Switch or something like that? No. No. Um, if you are the kind of person that's going to sit there and argue and insist that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I insist you give Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a try. And also... Rewatch Lethal Weapon for good measure. Or we watch... There you go. Lethal Weapon. Similar kind of movie. These are These are movies you can add to your... Not really Christmas, but whatever. Right? They're at least good movies, repertoire. Um, and is it the correct use of repertoire? Whatever. Um, and I just wanted to make it an announcement. Glove and Boots is back. Go to YouTube and look up Glove and Boots. They're a bit more family friendly, but they're still funny. So It was funny. I watched, I've never watched Glove and Boots before, but I enjoyed the episode. So Yes, it's very good. So I'm glad Glove and Santa Boots Claus is Santa Claus is featured heavily. He is. It's, it's Christmas themed. It is Christmas so. themed. So there we go. And that's that's really the best Christmas movie that's come out in recent times was Glove and Boots. Probably. Like five minute YouTube video. Probably. Probably. Um, and all of their other Christmas stuff because they've on, done more. On that bombshell. So, on that bombshell. I have a, if you check out the prog mine, my, uh, my picks of the year will be up soon. I don't do a traditional top 10 list. Like guitar picks of the year? And guitar picks of the year, yeah. <laughs> I don't do a traditional top 10 list. I like to just highlight a couple albums that I really enjoyed in a somewhat humorous fashion. Maybe they weren't the best albums to come out in 2018. Maybe they were. We'll see. We'll see. And as usual, www.ramblepack64.com. Um, I haven't done anything much in December. I will be having more content come around in January, but I mean, the next couple of weeks are going to be a little, because I, I, we've got New Year's, uh, well, we've got Christmas, then we've got New Year's, and I got MAGFest, so we'll be coming back with our games of the year the second week of January, no, third week. Somewhere, week. sometime early in second January. Second weekend of January. You'll have our talk on games of the year, and after that, I'll also be looking to get content on my blog regularly again. I'm going to start and hopefully getting the by next then, YouTube video ready. Who knows what will happen, but I may actually have had time to play Darksiders 3. I doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> and I will maybe have spent some time with Dragon Quest Eleven, even more in doubt. But but those could be those could really. Shake I need up, that one on Switch first. Those could really shake up my game of the year picks. One, because I love ridiculous fantasy stuff. Um, especially, like, throw in some biblical apocalypse with your <laughs> with your off-the-wall fantasy, and you really got me hooked. Uh, two, I love JRPGs. I don't know that anything's going to beat God of War, but... 
for me at least it has but we'll talk about that in january all right, so have a Merry Christmas, Merry Melodies, Merry, merry Holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, and Happy all, New Year, and all a good night.